from Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Today we dig into how we can encourage and support more women farmers to step up to the leadership plate. Listen in for Lauren Langworthy of Blue Ox Organics and Moses for her inspiring story of running for a leadership position within the Wisconsin Farmers Union and the importance of asking women to run for office. Lauren and her husband own 153 acres in Wheeler, Wisconsin. Their grass-based farm includes a rotationally grazed 200U flock of sheep, small beef herd, hay, cover crops, and wooded areas. When she isn't in the office or in the fields, Lauren is a visual and fiber artist, nature enthusiast, and an active member and District 2 director for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. We are back with Lauren Langworthy for our In Her Boots podcast, talking about, I know Lauren, a a topic near and dear to both of our hearts, but you are an inspiring example of taking action and women in sustainable ag taking on leadership roles because however we slice it, we need more of that, right? (laughs) And the world would be a different place if we had more women with sustainable values at the decision-making table, right? Yes, agreed. (laughs) For most of us, that's where the conversation ends and we all agree, but we don't do anything. And, And you have, and most recently took on not only a leadership role, but an election for a leadership role to serve on our state Wisconsin Farmers Union Board of Directors, representing your district here. Yes. Right? But that's huge and important and needed, and we want that to spread. So talk us through what was the process. I mean, how did that come on your radar, and why did you decide now when you've got so much else going on, as I know, everybody does, blah, blah, blah. That's always a good excuse, right? <laughs> but you do, and you did. Yeah. Um, okay, so what what sparked me to do yeah. it, right? Um, that was actually, and I think this is true for a lot of women, um, someone asked me, mm-hmm. and, and that's what started me thinking about, you know, whether or not I should actually do that. Um, I think a lot of women need to be asked and maybe more than once i know i hear this quite a bit but but it's true it's statistically true that the number one way women will run for office is to be asked and to your point that's something we can all do is keep asking each other right right whenever right. something comes up and honestly it didn't take that much it just took someone saying i think you'd be great at this have you considered it well no i haven't considered it give me a little time to think and then, you know, another conversation a little while later about what would it mean if I did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, I need to understand what I'm getting myself into. Um, and, and then from there, it, it felt like a pretty easy decision. And so, yeah, that, that was, it, I was really just asked. And, and I think, like you said, we need more women in leadership. So we need to ask each other. Sure. And even if it's something somebody 
can't doesn't say yes to now, it plants those seeds, right? Yeah, yeah. There's and a confidence piece of it too. Totally. And knowing that somebody else believes in you. Right. That goes a long way. And I, uh, I think that's in a good way indicative of us as women is we are collaborative and mm-hmm. nurturing and we like doing things in partnership with other people and knowing other people have our backs and likewise. Uh, so this, uh, specifically why this role and the farmers union? Yeah. Well, um, in our last conversation, we talked a little bit about, um, holistic planning and, and understanding what your goals are for yourself, for your farm. Um, and one of the things that I, I talked about was that, I had a piece that was kind of missing from farming, which was kind of this more activator role, um, being able to offer education and help people collaborate and offer resources to other farmers. Uh, As I work really hard on our farm to figure out what opportunities are available and take advantage of those opportunities often, um, it's too bad that it ends there. Shouldn't it be going on to other farmers who could also recognize the opportunity and also take advantage? And so I felt like that was missing. Um, and and I took on a role at Moses as their program director to kind of fulfill that need for myself. But there's um, Moses too is kind of a, a small group of people, right? Agriculture is already a small subset of the american population people well, who are involved in our, agriculture our little crunchy organic island that's a small right, island that i know we all happily live on but yeah and i saw love, beyond i love those people and I'm, I'm not trying to say anything bad about that i'm one of those people those are that's my community but at the same time there are farmers in all areas of agriculture who are really struggling right now and need access to resources um hope community i mean all sorts of things and and my role at Moses only allows me to do so much of that. And there's this whole other world of people that need access and honestly aren't as well served because there aren't all of the organizations like Moses um, who are focused on sustainability, who are willing to reach out into this whole other world of farming. And um, and so I, I wanted an opportunity to do that. And Farmers Union is a pretty big tent. And so that was exciting for me to think about you know, the policy conversations that we could be having with both conventional and organic farmers and, and everyone in the middle and figure out what works for everyone, solve those problems first, and then we can deal with our differences after that. Um, because, you know, we don't agree on everything, but there are solutions to some pretty big problems that would work for all of us. And I like to hear all of those different angles, um, prism onto the issue and figure out something that could kind of work for everyone. And this seemed like a great opportunity to do that. So yeah, I, I was asked and then that person explained why they thought I would be good at this. And they basically said, I think you can see this from a lot of different angles. And and I thought, you're right. That's exactly true. And I love to do that. So why wouldn't I? And then I thought, well, if I run and I don't win, that's fine too. But then I won. So yeah. But that's huge that it was an election process, too, because, I don't know, between both A, being women, and B, being solid Midwesterners, you know, we yeah. it just, just all of that sometimes doesn't add up in that we don't want to run if somebody else is running, but the whole point of elections, 
especially to organizations that are cooperative and focused, like the Farmers Union, that's kind of the point, right? We want yeah. elected people. But but you, you explained it really nicely in the sense of if you don't win, you don't win. But you don't know till you put your hat in the ring, literally. Yeah. And it... I'm I'm not going to pretend it's a comfortable process to run in an opposed election. It's that's not entirely comfortable. Um I don't mean any harm to the people I'm running against. You know, there's for me there's nothing personal about no. running against someone. Um but I also know that not everybody sees it that way and like you said, I'm a good Midwestern girl. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want I don't like competition, really, or, or you know... Conflict. Yeah, conflict is really uncomfortable. Um, and so I, I did approach, you know, my opponent in the election and just... And said that, you know, I just think democracy, as we believe in democracy, is best if people have options. And honestly, if they pick you, that's awesome. That's great. I, I'm glad that they picked you because they had a choice and they picked you. But if someone runs completely unopposed, there's really no democracy there. That's really not a choice. It's just, okay, well, I fill in the one box I have. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't very comfortable. But I think ultimately when I look at my values of democracy and and people having a, a real voice in what they want to see happen, I it's upsetting to see uncontested elections. And so if someone asks you to step up, Worst That's case is you don't really win. That's a really good point. But yeah, why would an election be uncontested? That yeah. that happens in you know countries like North Korea that we you know oppose. We say, wait a minute, that should never happen. But we have that here all the time. Yeah, it because we constantly. don't step up to the plate. Right. That's a really good point. And you're doing your you're doing your democratic duty much <laughs> less anything else. Yeah, and it, there was actually a really interesting conversation I had with an, another rural woman who said, um, "My goal this year is that if I see an uncontested election that I'm eligible to run in, I'm just going to put my name down because someone needs to be doing that." And I thought that was, you know, a little bit more gutsy than maybe I am, but. Wow, what a good point. We shouldn't be having so many uncontested elections, especially in rural areas. I mean, position, you name it, there's one person and and nobody wants to be the one who who offends, who makes it uncomfortable. And, and we're very conditioned to that. And it's admirable in many ways, but I think our democracy really needs a different kind of admirable than that. So. That's a really good point. And, and to I keep going back to what you were saying about talking to your opponent in such a open and frank way. I mean, you you might have thrown him off guard a little bit, maybe, but at least you feel in your heart that you reflected your values, right? And yeah. kept things positive, as you do. Yeah, and again, I'm not going to say that that feels comfortable, you know. Mm, no, I'm, I'm certain but... that my opponent doesn't feel comfortable around <laughs> me, but but that's not by my choice, and I hope that that changes at some point because I really think anyone who wanted to run for that position has things to offer, and we should really be working together to promote positive change, you know, not just in farmers' union, but policy in general, and and our communities, our school boards, all of it. Um, the more heads that are on the on the problem, the better off the solution's going to be. You bet. So how do you respond to the question that I know a lot of women think when they see something like you did of a position open on a board of a big state organization that I'm not qualified or 
I don't have a policy background, which you technically don't, right? Or I mean, you, you know these things, but it, do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Qualifications on paper or experience is something we always feel we need before we do something. Mm-hmm. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can't wait. Well, and I, I think about um, often it's not necessarily a gendered thing, but can be. There are a lot of men that I know who would say, well, I've done one thing in that arena or I've, I've interacted with that sphere. Um, I'm qualified. And I know a lot of women who will have done 30 things in that sphere and not think that they're qualified because they don't have a certificate or a degree or, you know, um, years of experience in they a job. They took the class. <laughs> right, right. And so um, maybe formal experience is what I would say as opposed to informal. And um, at first I thought I'd, I'm probably not qualified. But then when I started talking it through with, with my husband and a couple of friends and saying, you know, I'm not sure if this is something I'm qualified for in that time between being asked and actually running, um, they were able to throw a whole bunch of things at me that I was a lot more qualified than I realized I was. And again, when it's in a democratic situation, you can throw up your experience and the voters get to decide if you're qualified or not. So maybe we shouldn't sell ourselves short. We should let the voters say, oh, no, she's not qualified and just put our best foot forward and and show what we have done. You're so right, Lauren. And the statistics do show exactly that of in all situations, not just running for office, but applying for a job (laughs) that men don't have this perception that we women tend to have where we have to have all the qualifications met and more before we even think of applying Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to change that because that doesn't get us anywhere or to your point, stretches you out of your comfort zone. So you, you've, I know it's fairly recent election, but you've, have you had some meetings yet? Yeah. yeah. I've had two meetings now and, um, and it's been really fun because, you know, farmers union, I'm a district director, but there are all these local chapters. And so I realized that I actually know a lot of the people involved in the local chapters, and I was already going to a lot of events, but now I'm going as someone who can bring what's happening in those local meetings up to that you know board level of the state. And so it's kind of fun to, to realize, oh, well, now I'm a conduit, which is something I love being, you know? Oh, and, that's a great word. Yeah. And just it, collect all of that. Conduit. But wait, well, you're in a position where you can... in a more concrete, different way, make things happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, you know, in a board setting, you can bring forward your ideas. And again, if they don't like them, they don't have to vote them. You know, you don't have to do them. But but just to throw ideas out there, um, I think there's an issue in a lot of organizations, a lot of local um, local organizations that that people who sit on a board, whether it's out of duty or or purpose or passion or whatever, tend to sit in those roles for a, a longer time than maybe is is positive. And, and again, that's not to diminish their service because they've done a lot of really great things in those roles, but, but no one wants to oppose them and they're not ready to step down yet, maybe because they think no one else would step up. And so it can lead to stagnation and it, it's fun to be stepping up and encouraging other potential leaders to step up, you know, maybe it's just being the local secretary um, of a, a chapter today, but 
maybe in a couple of years, you're the district director. That would be pretty great. And um, so, yeah, just, just starting to cultivate our, and exercise, practice, stepping up. You bet. Awesome. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.